Companionship is what makes every journey enjoyable. Today, we continue our journey with Jesus. Join Scott Pauley as we make brief stops in the Gospel according to Mark. We trust you will enjoy the journey. There are high, holy moments in life where you know you have met with God. And they stick out in your mind. I mean, they're forever etched in your memory and they're very special. But if you're not careful, you can get caught seeking an experience, uh, to relive an emotion, to, to have some encounter and miss the point. You see, it really is not about that moment. Rather, it is about the presence of God in that moment. And while everything may change, the one thing that does not change is the presence of God. We've journeyed with Jesus up onto a high mountain where He's taken Peter, James, and John and transfigured Himself before them. They caught a glimpse of the wonderful glory of Almighty God. And while they're there, they're, they're so amazed at it all, they think, we just need to stay right here. Uh, my friend, you can't stay on the mountain forever. There's always a valley on the other side of that mountain. You can't live there in the, in the high range forever because God has other things that He wants to do in your life. Peter would say in Mark chapter 9, verse 5, Master, it is good for us to be here. Actually, that's not false. It was very good for them to be there. But remember, what is good and what is best are not always the same. And what we enjoy and what we need are not always the same. You can't build a tabernacle and stay there. And in fact, if you're not careful, you can begin thinking so much of the experience that you miss Christ in it. I'm afraid that happens in churches and church meetings from time to time. We get enamored with men. In Peter's case, it was Moses and Elijah, two great preachers for sure. But if you're not careful, you can get your eyes on men and miss the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's why Moses and Elijah had to disappear. And the Bible says in verse 8, And suddenly when they looked around about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. God will have to remind you it's never about men. It's always about Jesus. The fear of man bringeth a snare. When we begin to think too highly of men, too highly of ourselves, we are not thinking highly enough of the Lord Jesus Christ because there's no one like Jesus. There was a lot of misunderstanding on that mountain that they would not fully understand till later. And even when they came off of the mountain, some of that misunderstanding continued. We pick up our story in Mark chapter 9 and verse 9 where the Bible says, And as they came down from the mountain, He charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen, till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. And they kept that saying with themselves, questioning one with another what the rising from the dead should mean. And they asked Him, saying, Why say the scribes that Elias must first come? And He answered and told them, Elias barely cometh first, and restoreth all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that He must suffer many things, and be said it not. But I say unto you, that Elias is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him. Now this is a, a unique little portion of Scripture before the next event in the story. And they're walking down off the mountain. They have just seen Elias. That's the New Testament spelling of the name Elijah. So they've just seen the great prophet. He was standing there in living color talking with their master. Suddenly, Elijah disappears. Uh, they only see Jesus. The voice from heaven says, hear him. 
But they're still enamored. They're, they're still taken with the thought of Elijah. And so as they come off of the mountain, they begin having a conversation about an Old Testament uh, Elijah that was prophesied to come. As a matter of fact, you can read about him in the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi talks about Elias coming and his ministry. And they say, why well, say the scribes that Elijah has to come before Messiah? And the Lord Jesus begins to explain to them that actually he has come. It was a prophetical reference to the ministry of John the Baptist, another Elijah, another prophet, one who came to pave the way, to prepare the way for Messiah to come. And listen to what he says. He said, Elijah is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him. But do you notice that even though he answered their question, he goes back and says to them, it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be set at naught. What's he saying to them? Fellows, it's a fine question that you've asked, but it really misses the point because the great message is not about Elijah, it is about Messiah. You see, the explanation of the illustration they've just seen, it's not about any man, no matter how good or godly that man may be. It's always about the coming of Christ Himself. Again and again, the Lord Jesus had to say to His disciples, Fellows, you're missing the point. The point is why I have come and what my mission on earth is. Is it possible that in all of our Bible studies and all of our knowledge and all of our growth that we have actually missed the most beautiful and important thing of all? The Apostle Paul said, I fear that your minds would be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. In a complicated world, sometimes we look for the complex and miss the most simple, obvious thing. Friend, it's all about Jesus. It's all about journeying with Jesus. Go up on the mountain with Jesus. Come down off the mountain with Jesus. Walk through the valley with Jesus. Everything will change. People will change. Circumstances will change. You will change. But Jesus never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if you'll permit me on our journey to take just a brief detour. Oh, it's connected to our journey, but just a brief detour, a little rest area, if you will. I want to draw your attention to something that Simon Peter says in the New Testament. This is very interesting because you'll remember we're studying the gospel according to Mark, and Mark was Simon Peter's protege. Many people believe that most of what Mark wrote was given through what he had heard from Simon Peter, who was the eyewitness. So there's no doubt that there's a connection between the story we're studying in Mark chapter 9 and the words of Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1. You see, Peter testifies about this very experience and this very conversation. In 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 16, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Remember, they were looking for His second coming, and now he testifies and says, He did come. His glory came on that mountain. We were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Then he says in verse 17 of 2 Peter 1, For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now don't miss this. Verse 19, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scriptures of any private interpretation. 
For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Did you catch it? Simon Peter, who was one of the three inner circle disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, one of those that saw Him in His glory, one of those that had this conversation with Christ coming off the mountain, would later testify and say, as wonderful as that experience was, we have something even better than that. We have the very sure, the more sure Word of God. What was he saying? Was he doubting his experience? No, but his experience fades. He was saying there's one thing that never fades, my friend, and that is the Word of God. Someone said, for feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My hope is in the Word of God, not else is worth believing. You may not have a Mount of Transfiguration experience today, but you can come apart and be with Jesus and meet Him in His Word. Would you open the Scriptures and let God speak to you today? Not only will you get a glimpse of, your, of His glory, you will be changed forever. And that's the entire purpose of meeting with God. Thank you for traveling with us through God's Word. We would love to hear from you and share additional resources for enjoying the journey. Visit us online at scottpauley.org. May God bless you as you walk with Christ today.